Luke chapter 19, verse number 9. Luke chapter 19, verse number 9 and 10. And Jesus said unto him, speaking to Zacchaeus, This day is salvation come to this house, for as much as he also is the son of a, a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. If you're in the house of God tonight and you're a lost coin, the Son of Man is coming to seek and to save you. Praise God. And he's speaking to Zacchaeus for a few moments tonight. I want to I want to preach on this subject. Climb up a tree. Climb up a tree. Lord, help us. We give to you thanks and we worship you. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated. The beginning of chapter number 19, verse number 1, and Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. Jericho is not far from Jerusalem. It is east of Jerusalem toward Jordan. As you make your way, I'm envisioning in my mind right now, as you make your way off the mountain of Jerusalem and you traverse down the hill, you start moving closer to the Jordan River. And in the Jordan River area is where Jericho is, the plains of Jordan, the river of Jordan. There is a vast difference between the hilly, rocky outcroppings of Jerusalem down into the rich, fertile area that is close to the Jordan River. Behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus, which was the chief among the publicans, and he was rich. He was rich. He was an, an administrator for the Roman government's tax office. Zacchaeus had amassed great wealth, overcharging the Jewish people and taking a cut from the taxes gathered by other tax collectors whose work he administered. This was Zacchaeus. Jericho, obviously, as I've already stated, was a good place for a tax man. It was an important trade route from Jerusalem to the east, and it was also the center of a good deal of local wealth. For example, the famous balsam groves abounded in this region and in this area, the sycamore trees. There was a lot of agriculture in that area, and so it was no surprise that Zacchaeus was rich. And in this spot, with this occupation, he could scarcely be anything else. And he obviously, because of that, must have been unpopular. The audience responded to him in a particular way. When Jesus took some time out to go with Zacchaeus, they said to Jesus, he goes with sinners. So he was not a popular individual. And he would have probably had little of a social life because of the animosity among the people. He was a tax collector. And so the summary point that I would like to make is his wealth could not provide the one thing that he wanted more than anything else. He was seeking something to fill the emptiness of his life. Ladies and gentlemen, under the sound of my voice here this evening, I want to tell, to you, tell you tonight that wealth does not 
bring fulfillment as is evidenced in this passage of Scripture. You could have all the wealth in the world and something will still be missing. There is no amount of beauty in the world that is going to satisfy your soul. There's no amount of power that is going to satisfy you. There are no accolades and acceptance from others that is going to satisfy you. And in the life of Zacchaeus was an individual, a focal point, a spotlight shining in his life that he wanted something more. He was looking for something, trying to find something. I want to tell you tonight, I found what I was looking for. I understand it's not in those other things, but it is in the power that we feel in the house of God tonight. I don't have to look anymore because I found it. I found a treasure. I found something of great value. Hallelujah. Zacchaeus was rich in everything, but he was still looking for something. You're sitting on a church pew tonight, and no doubt you've got a testimony that you tried everything. You tried every drug. You tried every immorality. You tried everything, and it didn't work out too good for you, and it still left you dissatisfied until you came into contact with the King of Kings and his empowering spirit, and he put something in you that caused you to say, I'm not going back. I'm not looking anymore because I found Oh, I found what I was looking for. If you feel that way tonight, why don't you clap your hands and lift your voice and make a declaration through your praise that God, you provided the emptiness in my heart and in my soul and in my life. Amen. You filled up the God spot in my world. Zacchaeus was lacking. He was looking for something. Luke chapter 19, verse number 3. He sought to see. Everyone say with me. Sought to see. He sought to see. Praise God. Luke 19, verse 3 says, He sought to see Jesus who he was. And he could not for the press. There was a crowd. He wanted to get into close proximity with Jesus because getting into close <laughs> proximity to Jesus yields a blessing. When you get close to where he is, there is a blessing that is going to come. Praise God. I believe that emphatically, that if you get in the spot where Jesus is, praise God, something is going to happen. Things are not going to remain the same. But the, un the, the thing that's going to change are the things and circumstances in your life. If you can get into that place. And Zacchaeus recognized he sought to see. He wanted to get into close proximity. Not always one has to make an effort to get into the environment where the blessing occurs. Because in Scripture there are a few cases, a few cases, where Jesus makes it a point to go to where somebody is. Jesus passed through Samaria and said he must needs go through Samaria. He stated that on purpose to cross paths with a woman of Samaria. He purposely went out of his way. I believe, I do believe that God purposely goes out of his way to find people in the craziest of places. 
I've heard individuals talking about drinking in a bar, thinking about how empty they were and they felt the presence of God. God will go out of his way. And that's probably a benign example of when God's presence and anointing starts speaking to people. You could be in an upside down situation that would defy the imagination. You would think this is not even reality. And in the midst of that, God happens to go out of his way to speak into somebody's life and into somebody's spirit. I absolutely believe that. I believe it takes place. But more times in not in the scripture, it takes an effort to get to the environment where the blessing occurs. You look in the scripture and a man by the name of blind Bartimaeus, as the press went by, by the way, in the New Testament, the press is for a crowd. And many times there was a press around Jesus. Blind Bartimaeus started yelling the louder, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me because he recognized I've got to get into the place, into the spot. I've got to make my way into the area where the blessing comes from. And blind Bartimaeus said, if I can't get there, I'm going to yell loud enough to get the attention of the master that is passing by because I recognize there's healing power in his hand. And so he starts yelling out as, as, as the procession goes by because he understands and recognizes I've got to make an effort to get where he is and to get his attention because there is blessing that comes. The woman with the issue of blood pressed her way through the crowd because she felt like if I can but touch the hem of his garment, I will be made whole. The man that was paralyzed was picked up by four men. They brought him to Jesus. The house was so full. The press was such. They got up on the roof, tore off the roof, and lowered him down, revealing that if you're going to get a blessing, sometimes it's going to require an effort. God, God didn't bring you in here for you just to sit there and then the Holy Ghost pour out on top of you uh, without any effort on your part. There has to be some effort on my part if if I want to get into the blessing of God and the anointing of God. You, you're going to have to do something to get into the realm of God's anointing and God's healing and God's power and God's encouragement and God's peace and the joy of the Lord that is unspeakable and full of glory. You, you just can't sit on a church pew expecting it to fall on you without their being some personal responsibility that says I'm making my way to the spot where the blessing is. More times than not, people have to get into the place. And so when there's a press and there are crowds, it requires a pressing into the presence of God. David noted, noticed this because he happened be in an environment and in a place and when he got there taking lunch to his brothers and the giant came out and started defying the children of Israel David was in the right spot of the blessing but it was going to take an effort on the part of David to go out into the battlefield and he answers this call with a question. He says, is there not a cause? Is there not a cause? And so he makes an effort to get into, it's an opportunity. It becomes an opportunity. I didn't come here 
here to fight. I came here because my father wanted me to take some lunch to my brothers. But when I got here, I recognized that this is a great opportunity because God is here and his presence is here. And so I'm in the right spot. So no matter what comes my way, I know that there is one greater with me than one that is against me. And so he was wondering, what's everybody else doing just standing around or running back into their tents? And nobody is going out to fight the giant. Nobody's willing to step up in the conflict. You know what happens if church was going to be like the rest of the Israelites? There wouldn't be a move of God. But if there's somebody like David that says, wait a minute, here's an opportunity here. I know that the anointing of God here and the presence of God here, there's a blessing to be had and a blessing to be found. It's going to take some action on the part of somebody to say, I'm clearing every obstacle out of the way and I'm getting into the place where God's ability can touch me. Amen. It's going to require an effort. It's like full court press in basketball. Full court press in basketball is when you guard the basketball all the way up the floor. And that means it becomes difficult on the part of the adversary or the opposition because you're covering from one link to the other link and you're pesky. You're trying to get the ball. And so it goes from one side of the court to the other court. It's a full court press. It means this is usually that means we've got to get the ball because we haven't had the ball. We're behind. Something has to change. Something has to happen. And so we're going to full court press and we're going to make an effort in this battle, in this game that we are playing to make our way through and win. Victory. I'm saying to you tonight that the church ought to be in full court press mode every time we come to the house of God. There, there is no opportunity to sit back and become apathetic. Every service needs to have a move of God. It's a full court press. I read a great book by Malcolm Gladwell on the art of misfits and underdogs, and it had to do with David and Goliath. And it talked about a, bas a girls' basketball team that took nationals. They were a girls' basketball team. They didn't have much talent. They didn't have much ability. They didn't have very good shooters. They were terrible shooters. They couldn't shoot the ball very well. They could do layups, but that was about all that they could do. And so the coach said, with this ragtag band of girls here that's not very skilled, uh, how are we going to get anywhere? And so what he decided to do he said, I'm going to full court press every single uh, opportunity. Every time the ball goes out of bounds, we're going to press them all the way up the court. And if we can get the ball, we can make layups. We can't make anything else. So we got a full court press, get the ball, and make layups. It got so bad that they were defeating teams so bad that coaches were starting to complain that it wasn't fair. Well, it has nothing to do with being fair. It has to do with tenacity and saying this is a weapon that we can use. We're going to full court press everything. The obstacles may look too, too big, too high, too difficult, not enough talent. We can't even shoot the ball, but we can, we, we, we can be pesky, pesky, pesky. Every opportunity we get, we're 
we're going to press the court and the ball. I'm telling you, in the church age that we live in, in the world that we live in, we got to press the court every time we come in the house of God. When we come for pre-service prayer, full court press. When we're worshiping God, full court press. When the word shot steps up to a pulpit, full court press. When the choir's singing, full court press. Why? Because we've got to have revival. Praise God, praise God. Luke chapter 16 and verse number 16. The law and the prophets were until John. Since that time the kingdom of God is preached and every man presseth into it. It's going to take some work sometime. You're going to have to break through the crust of your own carnal nature and say, I'm not going to be carnal. I'm going to be spiritual. I don't feel like praying and I don't feel like worshiping, but I'm doing it anyway because I recognize it's a press to get into where God is. And Zacchaeus sought to see where Jesus was. What I want to know from you tonight is what are you doing to get to the spot? Zacchaeus strategized. He figured out the travel route and he ran before and he got to the spot because he knew Jesus was passing by and he knew that if he could get to the spot, then a blessing is going to flow at the spot. What are you doing to get to the spot? No, I'm not talking about the place that you sit on a church pew. I'm talking about a spiritual spot that says, I came tonight to get to the place where God is going to release something to me so that when I leave I'm not leaving the same way that I came but God's doing great things in my life oh what are we doing to get to the spot well we're praying we're worshiping we're magnifying God we're creating an atmosphere we're allowing the word of God to reflect in our hearts and life we're making an effort to get there this is what Zacchaeus did he ran he got to the spot he got to place making an effort versus expecting something to just happen it's not going to happen that way you're going to have to make an effort now I do feel that when everybody gets together and the Holy Ghost starts moving and an atmosphere starts moving that people can be impacted by the influence of your worship and the anointing of God but ultimately you can't force anybody to do something they don't want to do this is one of the reasons why, now this is the personal preference, this is one of the reasons why I like to see people come to an altar or an area. This is a great spot, by the way, if you want blessings of God. This is prime real estate. It's one of the reasons why I like to see people step out from where they are on their own and make their way. Now, sometimes I'll go out and pray with individuals that are out here, and I'll, I'll worship with them. But my expectations are not so great to think that a whole lot's going to change by me going out and praying with them. I just want them to know I'm praying for you. I care about you. I love you. This church loves you. But ultimately, it's going to take a volitional will on the part of that individual to say, you know what, I need to make things right with God. I don't need anyone badgering me, knocking me on the head. I, I know what I need, and so I'm going to, like Zacchaeus, I'm going to get to the place where God's anointing is. Zacchaeus ran ahead, and he got, he got to that spot, and he made an effort versus expecting something to just happen to achieve something. If you're going to achieve something, you better learn and understand it's going to take hard work. 
Nobody's just going to give you something and say, here it is, and now you're qualified in whatever area it is. No, it doesn't work that way. You're going to have to put forth some effort. You're going to have to make an effort. I don't know that I've ever been in a place where the power of God just boom, and nobody was doing anything. It doesn't work that way. Usually the power of God because everybody's in tune and unified and they recognize and understand God is in this place. Same thing. It takes an effort. There, there, there has to be a move to get to the place. Second Peter chapter 1 and verse number 4, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature. We are pursuing a divine nature. Having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust, and beside this, giving all diligence or making every effort, add to your faith virtue and to virtue knowledge and to knowledge temperance and to temperance patience and to patience godliness and to godliness brotherly kindness and to brotherly kindness charity. For if these things be in you and abound, they make you that you shall neither be barren or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. How do I get to the place where I am not unfruitful and I am not barren. I've got to make an effort to add these things into my faith. What I'm telling you today in this first point of this message with Zacchaeus when he said he sought to see Jesus is that he knew he had to get to the place where Jesus was passing by. He had to make an effort to get there and he did it. And when he did it, something happened. And so, so then, in summary of that, what obstacles stand in the way of getting to the place where God pours out blessing? <laughs> because that's what keeps a lot of people from getting to the spot. What is it? What is it? That stands in the way of getting into the place of God's anointing, God's healing, God's encouragement, God's peace, God's joy, etc., etc. In this case, in this passage of Scripture, it tells us, it tells us in Luke chapter 19 and verse number 3, that Zacchaeus sought to see who Jesus was, and he could not for the press. And then it says, because he was little of stature. And he ran before. He was short. One translation that I read, looking at first century bodies and, and, and things in the first century, said that he would have been around five feet tall, maybe even less. He was short. He was of little stature. I don't even like that. What would have happened if the story would have said Zacchaeus couldn't get to Jesus in the press because he was a he-man? It didn't. It said he was, and, I, and I'm, sure the, I'm sure the writer is purposely laying out the facts. He was short. This is a key word in the story because it represents the inadequacies each of us face. It's not just that he's short, but he can't compete without a better leverage. I don't even want to get into politics, but I, I read where there's a recent thing going on here where 
Michael Bloomberg is trying to enter into the race, and one of the things that he's making demands on is he wants to have a box to stand on during the debates. Why? Because he's short. And he feels that that's his, an, an inadequacy against somebody that is taller. There's a, there's, a, there's, a, there's a discrepancy, and so therefore, it creates an inadequacy, and the inadequacy creates an insecurity, and we've all got insecurities. We all face insecurities. Past mistakes, failures, lack of talent. You just need to recognize in some cases you don't have the talent that other people have. Rather than get envious and jealous of them, build them up and appreciate their talents and recognize, okay, either I've got a lot of work to do or I need to find something else to do because I'm not just good at that. A lack of talent, a lack of ability, not good enough, social fears, scars, failures, the past. We've all got inadequacies and we've all got we've all got these things that create insecurities given your family and your past experiences and your personality there's a lot of things that we have to deal with there's a lot of emotional problems we have to deal with for some of us it's depression and anxiety anger bishop mentioned this morning anger an alcoholic a drug addict a sex addict identity crisis a workaholic a shopaholic a gambler A perfectionist, full of self-hate, a victim of physical, verbal, and sexual abuse, an unrecovered victim of rape. Gone through difficult relationship difficulties and problems. Brokenness, a lack of forgiveness, a pursuit after things that ultimately don't lead to fulfillment, money, fame, power, control. Jealousy, a chronic liar, thief, prideful, lazy, greedy, a gossip, financially irresponsible, a constant complainer, a dependent people pleaser, a doormat, a clown, a wallflower, or a rescuer. We've all got things in our life that, that are insecurities. And so here is a man by the name of Zacchaeus that he wants to get to the spot, but there are things that stand in his way of getting there. The crowd is too much. The press is too great. But there was something on the inside of Zacchaeus that had enough guts and intestinal fortitude that said, I got to figure something out here, even though I am of little stature, I'm not going to let the enemy use that as leverage to keep me from God. I've talked to people and they've said, I can't get there because of all of these things. No, those things are stopping you from getting to God. You can get to God if you really want to get to God. When Jesus stepped out onto the coast of Gadara, there was a man that was named Legion with all kinds of devils, but he still got to God and he said, what are you doing? Are you come, have you come to cast us out? You can get there no matter what the circumstances are. The enemy will try to use all of these things in our pathway and in our life. Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 10, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we 
wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand, stand. There's an effort. I've got to take an effort to make sure that I can get to the place that God is going to bless me. I know there's going to be a, a lot of excuses and a lot of things that stand in the way, a lot of reasons that are in my own mind, but I'm not going to let those obstacles keep me from the blessing and the goodness and the mercy and the faithfulness of God. 2 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 11, lest Satan should get an advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. The devil works in insecurities, and he knows how to leverage all of those shortcomings to keep us from getting what God wants in our life. Second Corinthians chapter 4 and verse number 4, in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ who is the image of God should shine unto them. God makes a way and there is a way and Zacchaeus recognized, all right, there are a lot of things that stand in my way. I may be of little stature, but I'm going to get there somehow because I'm not satisfied with where I am. summary point of that point is Z was not going to let his stature stop him from getting to a spot to see Jesus pass by so he figured out a route what did he do he climbed up a tree Luke chapter 19 and verse 3 and he sought to see Jesus who he was and could not for the press because he was little of stature and he ran before and he climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was to pass that way. He made an effort. The gospel comes to people who make an effort. I want to, I want to set something straight here, right, in a very nice way, very diplomatic way. The gospel does not come to you and salvation does not come to you if all you do is do nothing. I am so tired of, of people telling apostolic folks, you people are works because you, you ask people to repent and be baptized and they have to get the Holy Ghost. Well, what's your way of salvation? Well, you just profess the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. Well, are you opening your mouth to make that happen? Because if you're opening your mouth, you're doing something. So whether you're repenting, opening your mouth, being baptized, filled with the Holy Ghost, you're still making an effort to receive what God is doing in your life. And so therefore it becomes a matter of what is biblical and what is not. In Acts chapter 2 and verse 37, when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and the rest of the apostles, what shall we do? Then Peter said unto them, Repent, and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, for the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And
then with many other words did he testify and exhort saying save yourselves from this untoward generation how do you do that you got to make an effort to save yourself from an untoward generation it's not just going to happen it's going to require you saying I'm going to get to the spot I'm going to plow through every excuse and every obstacle because I know God's got a blessing in my life and so if I've got to climb up a tree I'm going to find the nearest tree so that when he passes by his power and his anointing will flow to me in my situation climb a tree tree that's the point every effort you make is climbing up a tree worshiping is climbing a tree prayer is climbing a tree ministry is climbing a tree making a disciple is climbing a tree I want to tell you this when you get up in a tree what happens your vantage point changes if you're running into things down here because of the press, maybe getting up in a tree helps you see the bigger picture. Because when you're down here, you're messing in a lot of details that really don't matter. But when you get up here, you see things for what they really, really are. And you recognize this earthly world and all the things in it pales in comparison to what God has intended and what, what God has in my life. You, you are shortchanging yourself if you're not full in for God. You are doing yourself a disservice if you're not saying God I'm giving you everything I'm not withholding back anything I don't care what the cares of this world are I want revival in my life in my situation you put a calling of God in my life and in my family I've got a history I've got a, I've got the promises of God and nothing is going to stop me so Zacchaeus he climbed a tree. Vantage point changes everything. Instead of seeing the press, now I can see Jesus coming. Huh. Not listening to the noise of distraction and apathy. I'm giving my life. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Zacchaeus, the tax collector that was so unfulfilled in his life sought to see Jesus but he was of little stature a lot of excuses coming his way but he climbed up a tree takes some effort to get up a tree to get a certain vantage point Luke chapter 19 verse number 5 as the musicians come when Jesus came to the place there's the spot, right? <laughs> let, me, let me just say it this way. If you're in the house of God here tonight, you're in the right spot. You could have been doing a lot of other things tonight. But when those doors opened up and you stepped into this sanctuary, told me that you seek to see Jesus. Now, what I'm preaching to you is there's a lot of obstacles, little stature, all this other stuff that's going to try to keep you from the blessing that God's got for you. And I'm telling you, climb up in a tree. When Jesus passes by the spot, he looks up and he sees him and he said unto him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down for today. I must abide at thy house. 
And he made haste and came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, there's always going to be people watching this whole narrative. Brother Nate, you know what I'm talking about because you had all those connections and all those friends and all that gang banging and all that sideway walking and all that stuff, wearing clothes with tags on it and, and doing all that kind of stuff. The minute you made a move for God, all those murmurers and complainers had all the reasons why you shouldn't dedicate your life to God. Thank God that you did because we're better because of it. Sister Gloria, we're better because of it. There's always going to be people that murmurs and complains, and they saw this and they said, he's gone to be a guest with a man that is a sinner. Jesus does when you climb a tree and all those things that become the inadequacies and insecurities is Jesus tells Zacchaeus, hey Zacchaeus, I appreciate you getting up in the tree and I know you're trying to level all the insecurities and leverages in your life but man, get out of the tree, bro. We're going I'm going to your house today. See, when Jesus calls you out of the tree we, we, we do all these things to, to try to, to fit and, and leverage and everything. But when Jesus comes along and he brings to us the peace of God and the strength of God, he levels all of those things. You don't have to answer to those things anymore because he's the one that is coming to your house and he's the one that is walking with you and he's the one that is communing with you. And when God comes to your house, his spirit is what the enemy must reckon with. What about all my insecurities? Don't worry about your insecurities because God's going before you. See, Goliath tried to throw that on David. What are you sending me out here, a ruddy-faced child? David said, that might be an insecurity that I've got that everybody else is judging me on. You come to me with spirit and a sword and a state, but I come to you What? In the name of the Lord. I'm not defined by how you're going to define me. I'm not defined by my insecurities and my shortcomings and my failures. Oh, is there any faith in the house of God tonight? I'm not defined by those things. God called me out of a tree and he said, you're a child of God. You're a child of Abraham. So you can, you can tear down all of those walls and all of those definitions and you can be defined by Calvary and who I am. in the house of God tonight. Praise God. Zacchaeus in verse number eight, he stood and he said unto the Lord, behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I have taken anything from any man by false accusation, I restore him fourfold. He gives to us the greatest example of what repentance is. Repentance is not only asking for forgiveness from God, but it's also making restitution and making things right with others. Zacchaeus said, I'll pay every man I have cheated, everybody I've cheated and gained wealth, I'll pay them fourfold back. Praise God. Why? Because Jesus passed by and he opened up another world to me and he provided fulfillment to me and strength to me that I was looking for but could not find. But thankfully, when I sought to see him, <laughs> 
I know I'm of little stature and I'm small, but I climbed the tree and I got to the spot of God's anointing and God's ability. The last part of the narrative is verse number nine when Jesus said to him, this day is salvation come to this house for as much as he is also a son of Abraham. Ooh, that must have grated on the murmurs and complainers. He's not a son of Abraham. You lost your mind. He's a sinner. Jesus said, no, no, he's a son of Abraham. For the son of man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. Praise God. This is what the mission of Jesus is. I said, this is what the mission of Jesus is. He is coming to try to seek and to save that which was lost. Amen. What, what? What has been lost in your world? What has been lost? The anointing of God, the hand of God, the ability of God. What has been lost? Jesus came to save that. What are you seeking in the house of God tonight? Jesus is here to fulfill that. You just have to get into position to receive from God's blessing and his anointing. Praise God. You got to get into the position for God to bring it to you. Bring what? Bring salvation to me. If you need salvation in the house of God tonight, there's a God that'll wash you, cleanse you, and forgive you. Praise God in this place. If you need to repent of your sins, there's a God that is here to meet you at an altar of repentance. You need encouragement in your life? Is that what you're seeking? There is a God. If you get in the position and you get in the right place, encouragement comes. You need healing in your life? You got to position yourself and make an effort get in the place where God is. Amen. All over this building here tonight, there are different there are different circumstances and things in life. I'm telling you that if you get to the place where God is, there is always a blessing. When you do what you need to do, God always does what he always does because he's the king of kings and Lord of lords. Praise God. Tonight in the house of God, if I was seeking counsel, advice, if I was trying to get back to God, I would get my I would position myself to get in the place Praise God in the spot. If that means climbing up a tree, doing, making an effort, doing whatever. I know there's a lot of excuses that will come my way, but God, I'm, I'm, <laughs> praise God. Holy Ghost is in this place right now. Come on, church, help me pray. Just help me pray. I thank you, Lord, and praise you. I praise you. I praise you. God, you're a God that brings blessing. You're a God that brings everything that I need if I can get my place in the environment and in the position of where you are. Help me work my way through every excuse, every bit of leverage that the enemy tries to bring in my way to, 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 to cause me to stumble over things in my mind. Praise God. I love you, Lord, and praise you. I thank you. I thank you. I thank you. Come on. The Holy Ghost is in this place here tonight. Come on. Open your spirit. Open your heart. Get yourself into the place where God can respond. Thank you, Lord.